What's going on, everybody? This is the Unguided Podcast. I'm your host, Big Daddy, and your he's still missing co-host. Track Mills is not here yet. I don't know what the guy's doing. I don't know if he's playing with his bud, if he's walking his dog Jimmy, if he's still mad at me. Who knows what the guy's doing? But we're going to have to get the guy on here sometime, and we're just going to have to figure it out. But anyways, boys and girls, I got a special treat for you guys. We got a guy I've known for a while now. He's been around the block, the Osborne block. He's been wanting to come on the show for a while. He's been listening. He loves what we're doing, but he's got some things that he wants to dispute uh, with me about, and I'm okay with that. That's what this podcast is about. You guys don't like what I'm talking about? You can call in and everything's good and we can talk about things. He apparently doesn't like my burger review and all that other yada yada other bullshit that we want to talk about. And he's got some interesting places that he's been through with stadiums. So without further ado, my little cousin, Matthew David. How you doing today, Matthew? I'm doing quite well, but self. Oh, I can't complain. It was it was a it was a fast paced Thursday. I love those days when you get in the office and it's work, work, work. That way you're just not staring at the clock looking for something to do. I mean, am I wrong on that or? Uh, I w- I would agree most of the time. I mean, it's nice to have one of them, one of them days where maybe it's not so ground and pound, but I can get down with it. Well, like on a, you know, you get in the office on a Monday and you're like, God damn, it's Monday. And you're kind of like, eh, okay. I mean, you have a family, so you kind of like to wind down me. I'm winding down from a different type of thing from the weekend. You know what I mean? But uh, it's just, I get in Monday and I'm like, uh, okay. I don't, I don't really know what I want to do here. Like, don't put a, I want to get work, but don't put a huge workload on me. And then Friday rolls around. We all know I'm checking out at noon. I, once I go to dinner break, I'm checking out at noon. I don't care what anyone says. I'm putting, I'm, I'm, I'm all, you know, I'm tunnel vision from there on afternoon, but you know, Tuesday to Thursday, I, I like the heavy workload. I like to get it going. I mean, what, what type of guy are you Monday through Friday? Give, give me a little taste of, of what the work life is like for old Matthew David. Uh, I got banker hours, so. I forgot you got a new job. Congratulations on that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, lots to learn there, and that's been a process. But, um, yeah, you know, my work life has been interesting, to say the least. I kind of been bouncing around. Well, I wouldn't say bouncing around. I'd say more or less just hadn't quite figured out where I was going and hoping this is a sticking point, so. Yeah, and you have you have been one of those guys. You've kind of been opposite of me growing up. Like, I mean, as a young kid, you just, I mean, obviously, I mean, I've always been a hard worker, but like I never really wanted a job until I got out of college. I think you got your first like legit job um, at, was it 14 or 15? Four, 14, they still uh, hired kids. <laughs> and, you, yeah, so, and you were just, yeah. you were being a grooting grinder, man, at 14. And <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me and my brother were kind of like, Matt's, Matt's nuts. He's, he's working. He's, you know, but you know, your dad's also ex-military. So I think he's kind of, that's kind of the Riley thing. We all instilled hard work and you kind of wanted to do your own thing. And you've always been one of those hard workers, but you've been a different hard worker than what I think I have been. I've been always on the ranch work style, nitty gritty down hard work, like elbow grease. You've been the like white collar suit tie type of guy and and you know what i mean that's awesome either way yeah but in at high v though i mean i i i did a lot of down and dirty stuff i mean i would do anything from clean toilets to sweeping parking lots to picking up cigarette butts i mean i've done the lowest of low there too but um yeah i, I mean 
especially considering now that you know I work at a bank, I, you could definitely say that that's more white collar. But um, I, I definitely like putting in hard work. I think that's good. And here lately, I've kind of gotten into woodworking, so appreciate appreciating hard work is. Uh, there's something to be said about that. Did, now, did no one will get this out there besides the fellow people that went to Oak Street, but Joe Spillaney had a real, real impact on your life if you're getting into woodworking, didn't he? Or, <laughs> or, am, I, or am I reading this situation wrong? You know, uh, Joe Schmo. It's funny, bring, it's funny you bring him up because I still use the, the, the name Joe Schmo in examples when you're talking to like a person and you need to just fill in a name. And Joe Schmo is a great go-to. What a, and I can just, what a legend. I can just appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, it's. He had to have been top five legend, give or take. I mean, through, I mean, like, I mean, you got you got some you got some good ones if you want to talk about that. But I think that's a conversation for another day. I don't know, dude. We could we could do a whole three hour segment on legends that we went to, whether it's elementary, whether we went to middle school, and whether we went to high school. I mean, everyone's got to understand you're going to be 29 this year, so Matt was only one year younger than me. He was in my brother's class, so we're, we all grew up super close, so when Matt was in fourth grade, obviously, do the math, I was in fifth grade, so we were all in elementary growing up together, middle school to growing up, and then obviously high school, and we kind of had a lot of, obviously, the same teachers, and I mean, there's a lot of different... Um, things we could talk about and like like you said we could get we could do a whole nother show on that i mean i already know one uh, who i'm thinking of and it's got to be ronald penny that guy right there i mean i mean chocolate meant bomb bombs if you brought that to class you were getting an a plus no matter what no doubt and i remember he'd always be pulling the one-liners you know and just oh it'll be after class i'll be singing i got you babe you know, he just, he says all kinds of shit like that, you know, and, oh, well, well, before I remember one time and then we'll move on to another thing is, is, uh, we were in class and Ronald Penny was, is, is a heavier guy and I'm not going to name this kid's name, but, um, he says, it's not over till the fat lady sings. He says, better stand up and sing Mr. Penny kid got immediately <laughs> fucking kicked out of class and fucking, <laughs> He got, oh, he got kicked funny. out of he got kicked out of his class for a week, and everyone just went afterwards. It was like, dude, you're a legend for saying that. And I mean, then you know, Ronald Penny goes from we have him sixth grade year, and then he jumps up to be being a sixth grade teacher to an eighth grade teacher. So not only did we get him sixth grade to eighth grade, and then he jumps up, and then he becomes an eleventh grade economics teacher. Like, what a power move! Like we we couldn't get away from the guy. Power move in small town, that's for sure. No kidding. But, man, we're just talking about a lot of different things. Um, I, I I know I get it, and, and it's okay. We're going to disagree to agree about a lot of things in life. But that's that's a great thing about being adults. You can do that. You absolutely heard my burger review, and you called me right away, and you had a bone to pick with me. Now, you hated that my In-N-Out was number four on my list. Now, number one's Whataburger. Whataburger. That's that's always going to be my go-to. And you hated you being born in California. You have family out in California. So obviously your heart is near and dear to that in and out since it's originated yeah. out on that West Coast. I mean, <laughs> other other than that number four spot, I mean, did you other? I mean, I had DQ and Sonic ahead of that. I mean, what what what's your? Let me get let me get your top five. And if you don't have a top five, let's get top three. And you can start from your bottom all the way up. I mean, what, what what's your burger list? If you want to pick a bone with me about it, well. If you ask me right off the bat without thinking about it, I'd definitely say 
Meatheads in Bloomington, Illinois would be number one. I haven't had Whataburger, so I can't really argue about that. But I would say In-N-Out number two. And here's here's the shocker. Number three is going to be the Big Mac. And it's specifically the Big Mac, not McDonald's, but just the Big Mac itself. Oh, so you didn't even, did I hear what I thought I heard? Even a California kid didn't even go In-N-Out number one. No, because... I don't know. In and out, the only thing it has, bud, is fucking the wrapping. You knocked wrapping. it pretty hard, but you still had it in your top five. But I mean, I, I don't know. Meat, meatheads to me just it had a little bit better like options. When I you came, could do when I came, you over, could do more with it. When you were living in Bloomington, um, when I came and visited you, I don't think we ever had meatheads, did we? Because I would remember it. Because you know, I'm I love burgers. Bur- I would eat a burger over a steak any day of the week. Um, we never went there, did we? Or did we? I can't honestly say. I don't think so, but I honestly don't know what we ate if if we did. I really don't know. Speaking of Bloomington, do you remember that one time we went out and everybody, this was when Matt was single. He's married now to an awesome wife. He's got an awesome wife um, and a beautiful family. But um, do you remember that one time we went out and I lost my sleeves in the alley? It was unfortunately, yeah. It was just let's give them a quick little rundown because everyone knows the story about me the other the other month, two months ago or whatever it was about me almost losing my dress out in the corn pasture. I have a tendency of eating before I go out and then it's not a very good thing. We're walking out, me, Matthew, Dave, and a couple other people we're going out. We're in Bloomington and everybody knows. I got to shit naked or I have to do something. I can't go in public places. I'm like, dude, I'm done. What do you mean you're done, dude? I got to find an alley. All right, dude, we'll be at this bar. This, this, and that. Dude, I'm just sitting there butt-ass naked in an alley and just go everywhere and come back. And Matt's like, where's your undershirt? Had to lose it. And from that from that hour on, the night, the tone was set and your boys got it going. That's all I remember <laughs> from that freaking night. <laughs> Oh man, you know what's funny about that is you had that incident. Um, I won't name his name, but we we went out, and this was when we first moved there. And uh, we're in a bar, and a guy is like, "Hey, let's go to this bar." So we to understand, like when we were downtown, like there was all these bars literally just on a strip. So I mean, you could just—I mean, it was a perfect bar hop place. It's like a college town. So. Okay, I was going to say, for it's anybody like, that doesn't know that, explain that Bloomington is a college town. That's where the universe, Illinois uh, State University, I mean, sorry, Illinois State University is at. So, Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure there's lots of college towns that have strip bars. But anyway, um, so we hop down to this other bar, but in between, like, hopping, he's like, oh, dude, I got to, like, pee, kind of like that. But, like, okay. So we go into the bar or whatever, and he's in a back alley, and uh, – Makes long story short, he comes back like maybe like half hour later. And we're like, damn, what happened to him? He ended up getting a fucking ticket for, uh, I don't think it was indecent exposure, but I think they ended up like giving him public in talks or something like that for peeing out back because it was at a bar. But it was pretty funny because he, he did end up coming back to the bar and was, he was just, you know, pissed because he just got a ticket. But Desperate times, desperate measures. Been there not once, not twice, but a thousand times. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to go in because I got to be comfortable for the ladies. I'm not trying to be bloated. I'm not trying to take a Tums to relax the stomach. I'm going to let it go because once daddy hits that dance floor, it's game over. It's got to be game over for me. 
Yeah, you just have that weird little quirk where you gotta get naked or whatever. It's kind of <laughs> one of them deals. It's one of them deals. So you know, getting back to that to the burger. Sorry, we got off topic, but I just felt like I had to tell that story. Um, if if I was going to redo mine, and I don't know if you've heard of this, and I don't really know where it originated at. I'm I'm probably honestly gonna throw Blake's lot of burger in. I had it in New Mexico. It was really good, okay. big burger, but I didn't like that. It was basically like eating a punch bowl of grease. It was Ooh. it was just yeah. it was you gotta have balance. I yeah, and, and I was just saying hey, okay. Like I I just didn't like it, you know. I loved it. Yeah. Big burger, but so you I'll have say this. I, I feel like your Sonic burger was I think that's a sleeper for most people probably. And it's and it's nothing but the number two. The number two is a double half pound burger. And I'm telling you, it, it's a very sleeper. I was never a Sonic guy until I had it for the first time in Arkansas. And I don't know why that was the first time I had ever had it, but I did. And it was phenomenal. And I'm like, it was kind of a running joke. Anybody who'd be like, hey, I'm going to Sonic number two. What's the number two? What do you mean? You've had, you've never had the number two, and we'd make it one of those big deals, and we're like, dude, if you don't know about the number two, you're done. You, like we can't talk anymore, and we would, we would fuck with that guy, and we wouldn't talk to him the rest of the day, and you'd hear him around duck camp, and he'd be like, dude, seriously, what's this number two? Like it's freaking me out. No one's talking to me because I've never had the number two before. It's like, well, I guess if you've never had the number two, man, you got to get out of this group. And we literally convinced this kid that if he didn't have the number two, he wasn't cool enough to hang out with us. It was kind of mean, but. We would not let him hang out with us. And then he finally went and the motherfucker went late night, bought a number two, came at one in the morning and was like, dude, you guys, can you talk to me now? And we're like, what? Dude, motherfucker went out and bought a number two just so we would start talking to him again. And that's the whole story behind the number two that nobody knows about. And dude, now it's been a running joke for two years now at Duck Camp. If you don't have the number two, you can't be part of the fucking group until you get a number two. Yeah. So taking it serious. I just would have said, I just never had it and leave it at that. <laughs> well, that's where you get in trouble. But then if you lie and say you've had it and then I'm going to quiz you because I know everything that's on the burger. So, um, you're probably not well, automatically you have to take tomato off. So that's, that's a given. Uh, I, you have to have a burger with all the condiments on it. There's no other way to eat a burger. Yeah, I disagree. I think tomato definitely has to be off. I don't know. I don't know it's what better that way. So we got a. So you got you got your um, number three Big Mac. What what do you, what, what do you like about the Big Mac? I don't understand that logic right there. It's 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 the Mac sauce one hundred percent, and it's I don't know. It's just one of those things. I it was it was one of those things like when I was a little kid. You know, when you're you're on the cusp of kind of being like a quote unquote bigger kid, and you can actually you know take down the whole Big Mac or you know quarter pounder maybe for some versus you know the standard kids meal at mcdonald's so it's kind of like i don't know maybe it's a little bit of a a bias but i always thought the big mac was dry now the mac sauce is awesome but i always thought with all that lettuce and all that and even though i like i'm a condiments guy i just thought there wasn't enough sauce and it was just the sauce got soaked up by the bun and it was just dry and so now i'm i'm a double quarter pounder guy if i go to mcdonald's i understand now, when you guys made your list, did you guys only base it on uh, fast food places or was this like any burger place? No, we just did kind of fast food because if you go okay. any burger place, I'm, I already know where I would pick my number one. I mean, so. Okay. 
Well, okay. So if you want to get four and five out of me, I would probably, you could, I would say an underrated one would be a Culver's burger. Yep. And maybe it's not underrated. I think it's pretty solid, but I don't know how that, I don't know how that didn't make my list. Yeah. You you kind of forget about it. So it's, maybe that's why I'd call it a sleeper because, you know, it's not like your traditional, like quote unquote, like fast, fast food, but shit anymore. McDonald's takes forever. So, but um, number five, I'd probably say like jalapeno thick burger from Hardee's. Ooh. That, that's ooh. that one specifically, I guess. So, so there you go. So that, that's a, that's okay. That's respectable. I mean, I, I haven't had your number one choice. Um, number three for me, trash. Number four, sleeper. I like it. I sh- probably should have been on my list. Hardee's is a kind of a sleeper as well, but you know, your boy put a list out, asked you to give me a list and it was okay. You know, it could have been better, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, in and out, I think you needed to put a little more respect on its name, but it is what it is. And, and that, and I understand that, you know, everyone that heard that, they're like, dude, you're nuts. Whataburger at number four, dude, dude. I mean, you don't got to fight me over it and cry over it, but I just, I, I don't know. The only thing it has to me is just the presentation with the wrap. If you, if you say presentation, 100%, number one, five. But as far as a burger, big, how big it is, I want it all day. Whataburger, give it to me. Game over. So Yeah, I, I would, I mean, there's definitely no shame in me trying as many burger places as I can because I, I do love a good burger, so. Yeah, and. and I'll have and, to come down and visit and. We'll have to line that up because absolutely. I mean, it, and you and let's I, just see if it lives up to the hype. If if it doesn't, well, I'll, I'll buy it anyways. But if it doesn't live up to the hype, I'll go and I'll get you your dumbass water. I mean, your In and Out if you need me to as a little side. Thank you for trying my trash water burger burger. Um, yeah, you know the a good saying I've heard is never pass up a free meal. So, And you know it, Smokey, you know, you never will. There's no reason <laughs> to never pass it up. So kind of no a, doubt. kind of a cool thing that, uh, transitioning in and, uh, talking about burgers and all that food stuff. Um, I talked about the other day on, on some cool ballparks that I've been to in my life. And it, it's kind of cool what you and, um, your dad has going on, which is my uncle Chad. Um, you guys actually, uh, do um, stadium tours you guys pick out a stadium every year and you go to one stadium and what's on your guys is are you I mean I guess I don't know obviously last year you guys couldn't go because of COVID and everything do you guys have something on the on your list for this year you guys going anywhere this year yeah it's we're debating right now and Texas is definitely on the radar simply because they're allowing fans in the stadium but you know <laughs> everyone's been cooped up so they want to get out and I don't know. Hope, hopefully tickets would be easy to get, but we had last year we had planned Detroit because we just, we do it like a random draw. Right. And we got, we got and to tell Detroit. everyone how you tell everyone how you do that random draw, because I'm, you guys were explaining it to me, but explain to the viewers how you guys aren't just like, all right, we want to take a trip to Florida. Let's go watch the Marlins. That's not how it is. I mean, you guys pick something random. Tell everyone how you do that. Um, so we've kind of done it different every year. Like I guess random by we've done, we wrote them all down one time and picked like random numbers assigned to them. I said, just pick a number between, you know, one and 18. Cause at the time we had 18 teams left or something. And he gave me a number and I was like, okay, that number represents this team. And so that was how we picked one time. We just drew uh, the names of the stadiums or whatever on a little card and put them in a hat. We just drew them out of that. 
and it's just we've just tried to mix it up just to kind of keep it whatever but for like a 10-year one um we want to do the yankees and probably tag on the mets too just because it's it's expensive to travel but uh you might as well hit both while you're there yeah and i think it'd be i mean it'd be ideal to get like the subway series but um we'll see what happens and you know obviously moving forward with covid and all this craziness it's been kind of wild times so we'll see what kind of happens but um i think this year like i said we're looking at texas but we we had kind of confirmed amongst ourselves that you know we'll have a date here you know depending on like what different states do but um if texas is the only one i think that's probably the one we'll roll with and now with 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 your pops being Boston fan and you 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 love the Yankees um what um how does that go down in the household when you guys are watching game and and one I want to know I don't know growing up I mean me and Luke are both Cardinals fans I mean how did you get attracted to the Yankees I mean like what was your fascination about it was it <laughs> was it the moose was it Derek Jeter I mean like what what, what drew you was it the rocket I mean because for anybody that doesn't know this um you know we played all sports growing up Matt, Matt's sport was baseball and he pitched so I mean was it the rocket who drew you in I mean why do you like the Yankees being from Iowa why are you a Yankee guy um I'm glad you asked mainly Jeter because like you remember the like the Nike commercials with or like the logo with him and the bruised up face because he dove into the uh, seats, you know, when he made that uh, on the foul territory catch. And yep. It's that famous play. He did that. Um, there were just like a lot of like cool highlights. I remember as a kid um, that he did that kind of like drew me to liking them. And of course, like you said, the news, Mike Messina. Um, I like Clemens. He was solid, but more – I'd say Jeter probably more than anybody. And then I would say Mike Messina, number two. Um, and then as I got older and realized how good he was, I'd say Mariano Rivera is <laughs> the cream of the crop. So um, he kind of really put the icing on the cake for that. But yeah, all my sports teams, like the reason I picked them was pretty much highlights on, you know, as a kid, um, highlights on Sports Center, And that's how I would kind of just like uh, – for example, and, and, I like the Mavericks in basketball, and and, uh, and, we, and, we, and we both and we both love the Mavericks. It was simply because of Dirk Nowinski when we were kids. Is that Dirk is, and, and, and Nash. Steve Nash actually? Because and they were awful at the time. I and looking back, I didn't even realize like how bad they were as a team. You were so obsessed but, with Steve Nash, you grew your hair out and you looked like a fucking varmint, dude. <laughs> like it was, it yeah, was, oh, uh, you wanted to be Steve Nash, and it was funny because you were a point guard like Steve Nash too, and it, it was just funny. Like, well, yeah, I like Steve Nash because I could relate to him because he was a small little point guard versus Dirk, who was you know seven foot. And I love Dirk, but it's just like I'm not, I can't be Dirk because I'm not that tall. So, and then, um, and then you're. But I love, I love Dirk, man. He, he was, he's the heart and soul of the Mavs, and it was sad to see him retire, but awesome at the same time. But um, I'm glad that's why I, I like the Mavericks. I'm glad I got to see him play um, his very last year. His uh, retire, the year he retired, I went and watched him play against. Um, LeBron and the Cavs here um, in Dallas. Um, it was That's very. Awesome. I don't know if I ever told you that story, but it was actually St. Patrick's Day um, weekend. I was here visiting. This was in 2018, and um, 
I met this girl at the bar and we got talking and she's just like, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, do you want to go to the Mavericks game with me? I'm like, yeah, okay. She's just messing with me. And she's like, no, she's like, I, I want to go watch LeBron play. And she's like, I'm obsessed with uh, Kevin Love. Um, she's like, I got two sweet tickets from my friend who works at, um, I think it's American Airlines Center. And she's like, come, we can get all the drinks we want, all the food. And I was like, you're kidding. I was like, I literally just met you five hours ago. She's like, I trust you. You're funny. Come with me. Dude, went there, got everything for free, didn't pay for nothing. And you know how that night ended, playa. But um, it was one of those things where um, it was it was awesome to see Dirk because even the year he retired, like his minutes were limited. You know what I mean? Like he was teaching the young guns how to take over. But it was just that fadeaway jump shot. I, on TV, it looks unguardable, but when you're sitting close, it's really unguardable. I don't know how anyone ever guarded that. Yeah, I um, we'll have to get back to baseball here, but uh, on on the topic of real life NBA, I remember we went to um, a, a Lakers Minnesota game, and I remember Andrew Bynum played for the Lakers at that time. And when you and you know Pau Gasol, when you see those guys they're so freaking huge and fast. And I think people kind of underestimate like how big and fast, like, you know, NBA players play at that speed. And I know that you don't, you're not a diehard NBA fan or nothing like that, but I think a lot of people dog NBA players. And I think they're, they do a lot better than people think. Right. No, I mean, on TV, it does look slower pace, but I agree. They run actually at a, at a big faster pace. But, uh, yeah, like you said, getting back to that baseball thing, since I was talking about stadiums, I mean, so this year maybe Texas, if not, um, what is your favorite thing about the ballpark and what is your favorite stadium? Or or what do you guys do? Because everyone thinks, okay, hey, you're going to a ballpark. You and your dad don't buy nosebleed seeds. You guys do it right. You guys buy good seats because you want to take in the whole experience. I mean, you guys do it right. So walk me from – a to Z on, on how you guys do everything when you're at the stadium, what you guys do, what you see and stuff like that. Okay. So I'm going to even back it up further and tell you how it really got started too. with like the whole, I want to go to every stadium. <laughs> My first baseball game, like an MLB game, it was the Cubs and the Royals playing and it was the seventh inning. And this guy gets butt naked and runs all the way slides head first, second base, gets up, makes it all the way out to center field, starts to climb the wall and couldn't quite make it over and got arrested. And that was my first game I'd ever been to at the (laughs) pro level. And I I was like, gosh, maybe nine years old or something. I I don't know, somewhere in that range. And it was at the Royal Stadium. So I do remember the atmosphere prior to that being pretty cool. But I just remember like that moment, like the crowd was kind of like, you could tell that people were focused on that. Like you could feel the energy. And so like, I kind of fell in love with like the actual like stadium aspect. And um, so anyway, we, I'd been to a couple other stadiums as I had grown up. And um, one day we were kind of talking about like bucket list things. And we're just like, that was one of them for me. And I was just like, let's just start knocking them out. My dad and I were just kind of talking. It's like, oh, just do it. So uh, we started doing that. And, uh, to make it even cooler, my mom for Christmas one year, she got me um, a big like poster board. Well, it's more like a big hanging picture like thing. And it's got all the stadiums 
um, marked out on it. And so we can put pins in it when we uh, travel to each one. So we've been, I think we've got mm, over 16 of them or so, at least knocked out. And um, so yeah, my favorite thing as far as going to the stadiums is literally just getting there and like arriving for the first time and like kind of soaking it all in. And I think even like the structure aspect of it, because like, the last one we went to together um, before COVID happened was Milwaukee and that was within driving distance. And um, so it was kind of cool to be able to knock that one out in a weekend. And just like how the stadium was built was pretty cool. I mean, it's just a massive structure and um, usually it's fun to like kind of pick a team too, to cheer for depending on like who they're playing. Cause you know, obviously you can't go watch the Yankees play every single t- uh, team and, time it like that so i kind of and i i enjoy baseball now, but. now you being a pitcher um would a former pitcher would you do you like going there and seeing a pitcher dominate or would you do you like seeing offense i mean what's your what's your style oh i mean if it was just only me gonna watch a game and like i didn't care about anybody else uh, absolutely i'd want to watch like a pitcher just dial it up and especially if i could sit right behind it um but i I tell you, I've been to some games where there's a lot of scoring and it's just so much fun because if if you're at the home team's crowd, it's just the vibe is so fun, you know, like teams are scoring, hitting, hitting dingers and stuff. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, now, do you, do you, think, do you guys walk day, in with plain clothes or do you, do you buy the home team jersey or neutral? Because you see people that go to the games and it might be a Cardinals game and they might have on an Orioles jersey. You know what I mean? I mean, what do you guys, how do you, what do you guys do? Um, so I have been lucky enough to go to a couple games that have been the Yankees. So I obviously wear Yankee stuff when I go there. If not, I have worn Yankee stuff in the past, but um, when we went to Fenway, uh, we I did not wear Yankee stuff there because they weren't <laughs> playing the Yankees, and I think that's pretty. That that's like trying to push your luck. I feel like you know right. that's that's. So I, I wouldn't do that. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I try to I try to wear Yankee stuff when I can. Um, if not, I'd probably just wear a regular T-shirt, maybe sweatshirt, depending on where I'm at. What's your What's your go-to drink and or Food. You getting nachos? You getting a walking taco? You getting a, a oh, hot dog? Are you getting a pre- are you getting a pretzel? You getting big lead chew? You getting seeds? You getting all the above? What's the guy getting at the ballpark? I mean, what what are you spending your money on? Okay, well that's a good question. So right out of the gate, I'm getting a cold Bud Light, and I need Track to hit me with a Bud Light when next time, you know, I see him. I need him. He do does that, that damn. Me. He does that damn well. We got Bud Bud Light. You know, he's good at it. Damn good. <laughs> So I would, out of the gate, probably do a Bud Light. Um, I'm, if it's real hot, you know, I'm going to be looking for that frozen lemonade, uh, you know, those shake-up kind of shit, you know those. I can't lie to you. I've seen them, but I've never got them. I'm telling you, on a real hot day, those can smack right there. I mean, so get those. And then the food, that's, a, that's another fun thing about the stadiums is everyone has, like, a signature thing they're, like, kind of proud about or at least, like, known for. And – Gosh, there's there's been some good places. I'll tell you what. I think Bush Stadium does a really solid. Uh, I think they do a sausage. It's either a sausage or a hot dog with like some special mustard or mayo or some shit with like it's a pretzel bun and these grilled onions and it was maybe even 
like those French fried onions. It was something like that. It was, it was really fucking good. And then, gosh, my dad, my dad loves the Cincinnati red hot dogs, just straight up with a little bit of mustard. You know, he's like, those things are the best. We kind of judge stadiums too based on hot dogs. You got to, you, you have to at least have a hot dog while you're there. But, you know, if they have a special whatever, you got to try that too. Now, are you going, are you, are you getting dessert like cotton candy? Or are you, you kind of nah, good? Or, or what, nah. I mean, I, I mean, I wish I was still, you know, 12. But. Yeah, well, that, you, I mean, you see some grown men in there on on the stadiums or even on TV just oh, eating cotton candy. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You're 50. Hey, years now old. that I got kids, though, it's a perfect excuse. You know, you can't just take that shit home. It's gonna melt. They might as well. I've never well liked cotton candy in my life ever. I mean, it's basically sugar. It's in disgusting, dude. Fluff form. I mean, it, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that someone stuffed it in my mouth. I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, I mean, all it, I just don't like the feeling that it just like as soon as you put it in uh in your mouth, it dissolves, and it's just like okay, there was really I don't know. I just maybe I'd like to chew my food, and I don't know why I don't like it. It's just the texture; it, it weirds me out, and I'm just like, nah, it's not for me. I I can pass. And everyone's like, that's a must when you go to a bar park. Okay, I'm not five anymore. I don't want. I want a dog or a brat. And I when I I explained this the other day, I don't think I. I was telling this on the podcast and I meant to explain this when I go to a game, I wear almost sometimes a shirt I don't care about or even a white shirt. You know why? Because when I go there, I want to spill beer on myself. I want to spill mustard on myself. I want to be just that fan that gets it going. And I just, at the end of the day, I just has a big old stained shirt and I'm just like, wow, thanks. You make my heart sing. And I just want to be that fan. I don't care who's playing. Just, you got to be one of those guys. And everyone's like, God damn, yeah. dude. You know, how deep. But there's a special time, special place for that. Not everybody gets it going like your boy. Well, you know, I try I try to maybe not stain my clothes. But, um, I mean, if you get a stain, you get a stain. That's just kind of the risk you run by putting extra mustard on the dog, you know. I love the guy who's at the game that's been – like was tailgating and just like the whole time he just has stains and he just burps the whole time. Like he's, cause he's just over bloated with like food. Oh yeah. Just but looking he's, at fingers. And... But, <laughs> but he still orders from the guy that's coming down. Cracker Jacks. So he's just ordering everything. He's like, fuck it. It's only the fourth inning. I'm fuck, I can make room. It's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I, you know, that you gotta, I gotta balance this alcohol out. So I need some, you know, Cracker Jacks and some fucking something else, I guess. I don't know. So what's another uh, question for you? What's the, coolest thing besides and i don't know if seeing a guy run naked when you're nine years old is cool but what's the coolest <laughs> thing you've ever seen happen at a game i mean have you been part of a no hitter have you been part of a cycle have oh, that's, that's I mean, a good question um uh was that a game I, don't, I wouldn't call it cool or good for him but buster posey he broke his leg oh that game. was nasty we're, dude we we're there that game um I mean, that could have ended his career. That was bad. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad one. And you kind of knew when something happened. Like, I mean, you could – he and, was down, and, you know. And Posey's a big, tough dude. Oh, I, I like Posey, yeah. He's he's a he's a hell of a ball player. But you could definitely tell something was up when he was down. Like, he just he, – he looked – And he, he really hasn't been right since that happened, in my personal opinion. I mean, um, it well, just – Well, you know, he's getting older. Uh, yeah. And, and – I think he was so good, and you know, so any bit of decline is going to be probably pretty noticeable just because of how, for, especially for a catcher, you know. But yeah, so that I would say that was probably 
uh, I wouldn't call it the most cool, but maybe memorable other than that. But we, we've had some pretty good games. Um, I think you made the comment the other day about one of your favorite stadiums or underrated or something like that um, was AT&T Park, which is the uh, Giants. That That is, that is, I mean. That course- would be my Oh, it looks like we lost the young fella. Um, he'll have to call back, but we're just kind of talking about, um, you know, our favorite stadiums and everything that he enjoys. Um, he was getting ready to talk about AT&T Stadium. Um, and, you know, um, you there? Um, hold on one second, man. I think for some reason you you got lost. I don't know if your phone died or whatnot, but I was kind of explaining to the audience you were getting ready to talk about how underrated the uh, AT&T Stadium was out in California. Yeah, I I was going to say that was my number two stadium, my favorite stadium, or at least the best in my opinion. And I'll probably catch a little flack for this, is uh, PNC Park, which is the Pirate Pirate Stadium. Yep. That's what I remember you really telling me that. One. Is that because of the the overlook of the bridge and the river and all that stuff yeah, that you were telling me about? The view. Yeah, the view. And when we went there, um, it was Pirates, Cardinals. Got to see Pool Hose. That was a good game. That went to extras. Good game. Um, it just, I don't know. It, the, the sun was out. It was a good overall like view. Like I said, the, the bridge and the building in the back were cool. Just a good good feel to it and I think the baseball was good so that always kind of adds to it but um that was a good one Fenway lived up to the hype but I can't ever put that in my top five just because simply I'd be disowned um <laughs> Arizona had a, a pretty cool stadium I have really cool I, I've, stadium. I haven't made it out to uh Phoenix yet um I did get to see the twins when they played in the Metrodome did were, did you get to see my guy Maurer play? No, a little before that. Little okay. Uh, I didn't get to see him. I do believe they had Tory Hunter though. The, yeah, Tory Hunter was a solid player. He, oh, I love Tory Hunter, but I still despise him because that one time I wrote a letter to him in eighth grade. We had to write to two famous people, and that's another big reason why I'm a why I'm a big Dirk fan. Is I wrote to two famous people. And at the time, I was obsessed with Tory Hunter. I was obsessed with Dirk Nowinski. I wrote to both of them, and Dirk returned the card that I gave him and signed it, and Tory Hunter did not return the card that I asked him to sign, which rightfully so. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, Tory Hunter, you leave a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, Dirk's the man. It goes to show Dirk's the man. So, you know, if, if uh, you know, another question, if you had – one and I'm sure there's thousands and don't don't give me the and you can say Derek Jeter and that's fine but you know you being a pitcher is there I'm gonna ask two part question one I want to know if there's any baseball player you could sit down and have a conversation who it would be with and two any pitcher that you could just sit down and talk with I mean it could be anybody even though you never got to saw Pete Rose play would you want to sit down and talk to Pete Rose and ask him why he did what he did I mean um Goose Gossage I mean here that's another good pitcher I mean um so a two-part question 
if you could sit down with anybody in Major League Baseball, just have a conversation with, who would it be? And then from a pitcher standpoint, who would you sit down with out of the pitchers? It could be anyone from past time, past or present. Who you got? Who interests you? Well, out of respect, I got to talk to Mariano Rivera. But um, I would say if you could go, like, go back in time kind of thing, like back in his day, I'd maybe say like Doc Ellis because I think he pitched a no-hitter on like LSD or something. So that would be pretty cool. For the, did he pitch for the Mets? Uh, I want to say the Pirates. Okay. Or and maybe he did pitch for the Mets. I can't not 100% on that. Um, I'd say him. Mariano Rivera, just because, I mean, if you're going to talk to him, I might as well try to get some tips. Um, and then I think Barry Bonds would be interesting just because of, I think for one, he was so skilled at baseball, but then you add in the, the steroid skepticism, which I think is pretty obvious. But And you were right on that. Doc Ellis did pitch for the Pirates. I don't know why I was okay. thinking Mets. I, for some reason, I was thinking Mets, but... Uh, he he okay. did pitch for the Pirates, but yeah, Barry Bonds. That's interesting. He, okay, so let me let me. I I hate this argument. I hate this argument. Steroids, this this and that. I get it. Steroids helps your body recover. I mean, but it still doesn't make the ball player. I, I and everyone's gonna hate me for for saying this. It does not make the ball player. Like yes, it helps your body recover. Yes, it makes you stronger. It makes you, but it. You still have to be. It doesn't take away. It doesn't help you be coordinated. I mean, that's that's what I don't understand about the whole steroid thing. I mean, Jose Canseco, prime example. He took steroids. That guy was terrible. I don't care what anyone says about Jose Canseco. I mean, he was bad. And I mean, everyone thought. He, I mean, I don't know. So, in my opinion, I just don't think steroids really give you that big of an advantage standpoint, unless it's from a recovery and you're trying to recover. I mean, what's your take on that? Um. When you look at it, though, if you can recover faster, because I think in sports, that's a huge part of of playing is, is the recovery, because how can you go back out and redo what you just did at a high level? And so I think recovery does become an interesting thing at that point. But in terms of just adding to yourself and, like, does it instantly make you better? Well, not necessarily like, and like you're, I think what you're alluding to is that you still have to, you know, do the ground balls, do the hundred jump shots, extra, all that extra jazz that you got to do to make sure that you're, you still got to run over the, you still got to run over the player. You still got to catch, you still got to block. I mean, I I just don't get the steroid talk. I, I mean, from, from my standpoint, like if you're arguing from a standpoint of, should they be in the hall of fame? I think you have two arguments of, well, obviously you have two, but um, do you let them in because, well, the numbers are the numbers, or do you say, no, they, they took steroids, and so that enhanced their ability? Um, I don't know. I can see both sides. But if you're arguing just from, like, uh, does it actually make them better in just the terms of watching the sport, um, well, I think then that would become a bigger thing where – like some people would look at it on a deeper scope of, you know, fans as a whole aren't watching baseball that much all of a sudden because they're low scoring games. Well, all of a sudden you start seeing Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa hit 70 dingers. All of a sudden baseball is really popping and it's cool again. And then it 
you know what I mean? It, it kind of comes back to life where no one wants to watch. I mean, there's people that do, but a lot of people want to watch lots of hits and offense. And that's why I think other sports change rules sometimes is to allow more offense because it's more exciting for fans, which at that standpoint, the revenue thing. So then the question is, I guess, you know, do steroids help all that? Well, I guess if you look at what Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa did, yeah, I think they do. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think people are, like you said, Jose Canseco could be a good example. You, just because you take steroids doesn't mean you're going to be an elite level player. So Not not at all. Um, I mean, he was, he was in my I, opinion, he was awful. Yeah, I, I think – Ironically, I think baseball, I mean, yeah, you need to be big and strong to hit the, the ball. But, I mean, guys like Mookie Betts, I mean, he hits the crap out of the ball, and he's not, you know, 6'5", 250 pounds. I mean, he's a little above average size. But, um, I mean, I think if you were taking steroids and playing, like, in the NBA or something like that, like, I think the NBA would be probably a little bit more serious just because, I don't know. I think that's a different sport as far as physicality. Not that like, it's oh my god, you got these huge muscle heads playing sports. Right. But, um, yeah, the, I, th- I think I don't know from a steroid standpoint. I, I guess. And everyone has a perspective th- on when you. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. And I'll... You're good. No, I, I was just gonna say from a steroid standpoint. I think what you do is you still have people that like take it and do it and fly under the radar and you know, every once in a while they get busted kind of thing. But I, I think you just level the playing field and just make it, I don't know. I, how, how much better can you be, I guess would be right. the study. And I guess if it makes you that much better then yeah, they maybe should keep it banned. But And I know some guys yeah. that, that took steroids in college and um, are, I know a guy who um, he's was currently taking and I, why? Well, I want to be big. Okay. Well, I, that's what people don't understand. I mean, like everyone wants to fit this model and this physique. Everyone thinks you got to be 6'5", 260, 240 to play linebacker, a certain thing to play a certain thing. I mean, there's just so many prime examples out there. If you're good, you're going to get noticed. And and that's what – you know how my pops is. He's, he's old – old school. He always said, if you're good, you're going to get noticed. You don't have to go to these camps. You don't have to this, this, and that. And that's that old school mentality. And these, I see people in the gym all the time. That's all they focus about is, is getting big. I'm 30. I don't need to get big anymore. I just want to be in shape. And, and the, even when I was playing, I never cared about being big. All I wanted to do was be fast enough to get off the block, strong enough to shed the block and go make the tackle. You know what I mean? Or when I was when I was mm-hmm. running the ball, I just wanted to run people over or be a motor and block people. I didn't need to be 260 at fullback. I didn't need to be 260 at defensive end. I mean, Von Miller. Von Miller's 235, 240. We're, I'm the same size as Von Miller. Now, Von Miller's cut a little bit, obviously way more cut than me, but I'm the same size as Von Miller, and Von Miller makes people look stupid in the NFL. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's just one of those perspectives. Everyone thinks you have to be big. If you put the time in, you put the work in, it's it's you're gonna get the job done. That's how I, how I see it. So, um, getting back to an interesting point you made about Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Let's go to a guy, and then we can move to another topic because I want to get your take. Being a baseball nut that you got that you are, you know, I had to bring it up. Pete Rose, where do you stand with him on Hall of Fame or not Hall of Fame? 
I think he's obviously a first ballot. You betting and gambling, understand 100% it's wrong. I'm not disputing that. But you can't you can't do what he did and not get rewarded or acknowledged. I mean, you'll in my opinion, you've never seen another player like him. At least I haven't since I mean, I never obviously got to see Pete Rose play, but just watching highlights and seeing his numbers, I have yet to see anybody mimic that or even come close. I mean, how do you leave that guy out just for gambling and betting? I mean, where what's your take on that? Uh, if you're asking me 100%, I think he's in. I, you got to look at what he did and as as I as a, like a baseball player, I think sometimes people get too emotional about the the gambling thing and a guy I used to work with, he's he's real strict about like the rules. Like, you know, it's like real traditional gotta you know, he cheated well, bet or whatever, whatever you want to call what he did. Um I thought he was just trying to make a little extra dough personally. But um I I think I mean how the guy has over four thousand fucking hits. There's like a stat out there that's like if if you got if you average two hundred hits like for the next 20 seasons or something like that, it was like you still wouldn't come close to Pete Rose. I mean, it was something insane. Like, the only one like I could, 25 the, seasons. The only one that I could compare him with as far as hitting and being consistent is Ichiro Suzuki. And he's not even close. Yeah. To, I don't even think he's close to Pete Rose on the all-time hits list. No. I think, no, he's, a thou- I think he's a thousand or so short, and he was a 3,000 uh, hits uh, career, over 3,000. So Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Ichiro, you want to talk about contact hitters, Ichiro's up there with the best of them, no doubt. Um, yeah, for, I mean, so, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it all goes back to, you know, I, I just, I don't understand people's logic and I know we're getting off topic and going to a different sport right here, but it's the same thing that bothers me about the Reggie Bush deal. I, okay. You're taking his Heisman trophy away. Why? Cause he received a hundred thousand dollars or a new house. It still doesn't, I get it. It's, it's the rules. It's, and so you can't do it, but that still doesn't affect him receiving that money or that house or that car does still that that doesn't determine how he's going to play that doesn't say you know what i mean like i i just don't get right. the concept oh he cheated okay but he didn't cheat he's still that player he was still one of the best high school going into college players you've i've never still seen I, to this day i've still have yet to seen a more electrifying player than reggie bush you can maybe 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 kind of compare a little bit of christian mccaffrey who kind of did it all at stanford but i mean i, I just don't understand Run reggie bush's tape man i think reggie bush is probably in my lifetime for sure i think he's the best college player i've seen yes like as far as athlete yeah who could do it all oh my god like i said guy, i mean he was literally a guy that if he touched the football, he could score a touchdown. And and that's the way I felt about Christian McCaffrey too. I mean, like now Reggie Reggie was a, a little bit better than Christian, but Christian's the same guy. You put him on kick return, punt returns. I mean, you put him in the backfield. He's gonna be. He can pick up that big big end, big linebacker coming through. He can he can go on in the slot. He can go on the swing. I mean, the, Christian McCaffrey is the only guy that I've seen that is compared to Reggie Bush. But still, Reggie Bush was at a ten, and Christian McCaffrey was probably at an eight or nine. But still, really solid player. But you know, that's why I would. Yeah, I would say as a, at a pro, I would say McCaffrey's better. Oh yeah, yeah, as a pro, but as college, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I would say just, I, I think really McCaffrey just kind of just, he's just been working and just, he's found the right system and he's a hell of a receiver too. But man, he, I feel like he's really up his physique as far as like, you know, he kind of put on some size to kind of take some of those hits, but he, he is not disappointed at all coming out of college. I thought he might. He's fun to watch. He's fun to watch, dude. He's fun. He is. 
he is fun to watch. I, and everyone thinks he's small. I've, I've seen him because he's from Colorado. And when I lived out in Colorado, I saw him. He's not a small guy. I mean, he's I'm 6'2". He's every bit of six six foot. Um, maybe might even be 6'1". And he's every bit of 215, 220 pounds of solid muscle. I mean, when you get that type of muscle behind a 4'440", uh, yeah, that packs a punch. I've been hit by a guy who runs a 4'4", and... It doesn't feel good. Those safeties that come down and hit you hard as a fullback when I played, oh, that doesn't feel good. I mean, right. it's inertia. Hey, you know, it's power versus power. Speaking of hit you hard, Trubisky gone. The Red Rocket is in. We are – the Bears are locked and loaded. <laughs> I got I to gotta do the I gotta do the Dan Patrick – Okay, I I just don't know where we're going from here. You know what I mean? Like, I just I don't get it. And and hey, that, sucks. That's that, what you gotta say. We've always, ever since I've been alive, it's it's always been O line play and quarterback play. We've ne- we have not we've been doing the same thing since I've been watching the Bears since I was fucking in diapers, and it's it's getting a little bit annoying. A little bit. I think it's. Just, I think it's sad. I, I could do a better job than Ryan Pace. Your Chargers are looking. Are, uh, your Chargers might win that West. Who knows? Yeah. I get it. You but, guys. That I get it, Pat. Fucking Kermit the Frogs in your division. I get it. But I'm <laughs> telling good. you. I'm telling you. They, you know what? Uh, Mahomes. Mahomes is really good. He, he is really good. Um, I think people are really quick to say that like he's the best ever. I think that's pretty premature. Um, but they got a lot of money wrapped up in Mahomes, and it's going to be hard for them to financially facilitate, you know, spending all that money on a team because if their defense sucks or like what happened in the Super Bowl where their offensive line sucks, they're going to be very limited, and they won't be such a 14-2, and 15-1 and one kind of team that is going to run the table every year. Right. And the Chargers will have a chance. I, I do believe that, but – I always say three years on a quarterback before you can really judge him because first year there's no tape. Guys can take the league by storm kind of thing, which I think as kids are doing, like they're getting better at younger ages and getting like their, their skill level is getting better. So I feel like when you have these kids that are coming up and doing so good, it's just like there's so many good, talented people. And, uh, you know, Herbert, for example, it's like, let's see what he does next year because now that there's tape and they might find tendencies, I mean, it, it's such a competitive league. And so, you know, add a third year in there and then it's like, okay, well, you can kind of see, like, is he making adjustments and is he going to be that franchise guy? But the 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 Bears, I'm not so much a hater on the Bears doing um, – signing Andy Dalton. It's just how they went about it, I guess, and their whole deal. Like, they just suck so, about so, how they handle stuff. So, so what are your Chargers trying to do with this new young coach, Brandon Staley? I mean, he's young. Um, he's 38 years old. Um, he's – I guess he – I mean, he, he – okay. He's coming out of Los Angeles Rams. He's a defensive guy. He, I mean, he was a he was a linebackers coach for the Broncos, a linebackers coach for the Bears, defensive coordinator. You know, um, he's a defensive guy, and you and that's that's fine for the Chargers. But I mean, what do you what do you think about your new guy at head coach? He's young. He's he came from McVay, and McVay's the new young guy. I mean. Is what are we looking? What what are you predicting? What are you guys going ten and six, squeezing in the wild card, or what are you thinking your coach is doing this year? 
ten and six squeezing in the wild card. I'll, I'll take that. Okay. Um, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about the guy, but I would say let's let's go get it. You know, let's, what are we waiting on? Because sometimes people talk about building for the future, and it's like fuck that. Let's just win now. Let's let's try to win now. So I hope I hope that's their attitude. You know, they got some guys that can really help contribute to winning, and I'd love to see them get it done. I don't know, man. It's going to be a long. I like to be optimistic every year. I I said I think I told you this year I had the Bears going ten and six. We finished eight and eight. Um, You've been telling me that every year for as long as I've known you, and every year I tell you they'll be seven and nine, eight and eight at best. Except except though, three years ago I told you Bears would go eleven and five, and you laughed, and we went twelve and four, and we lost on the double doink to Philadelphia oh my God. because Cody Parkey. Is a numb. Is a you know what, dude? I I I walked. I don't know how nothing in in my place got broken. I I, and you know how I am when I watch football. I'm a yeller. I'm a screamer. I can't go to bars and watch football because everyone gets annoyed with me. I have to sit at my house, bite my nails. Yeah, we gotta put your helmet on. And I gotta put my helmet on and act like I'm fucking running a 32 belly dive option. And let's go. And dude. <sighs> Take a deep breath. I don't want to get mad. It's eight thirty. My blood pressure is already going up. I, I'm. I, <laughs> it's I. I don't know. And that's and I, I'm not gonna lie. After the I was not high on Mitch Trubisky. Never was. Even when we went twelve and four, still was like okay. What okay whatever. We had our defense carried us just like the Chicago Bears ever do. Let's see what we do the following year. Fucking win four, four games or three games, whatever it was. And okay, typical Mitch. Now we go out and we go eight and eight. Nah, get rid of him. It's about damn time. I guess it just goes back to like what I said about Ryan Pace. You trade up to get Mitch Trubisky. Like it. I don't know. I I obviously didn't do some like pro day with him or whatever, and I didn't get to evaluate him. I didn't watch a bunch of tape on him, so maybe it's not fair for me to say. But I just don't think like I don't think anyone was really like that full on Trubisky. Like no one was saying like this guy is the next Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers kind of guy, whatever you want to say. He, he's, he's that guy. And Kuiper, Kuiper was very mad at that pick. I it's still, stupid. okay. It's stupid. The bears traded a whole bunch for nothing. Like you didn't need to trade up to get him. And even if, even if they, someone takes Mitch Trubisky, as a good freaking sound team, you have a backup plan for that, and you roll with Plan B because Plan A got blown up. Big deal. Next, yep. dude, Trubisky. Trubisky's not the plan, and I'm not a Bears fan, so I don't give a fuck. I'm glad they picked Trubisky, but you know, it's just like I, I don't get their strategy. And the Cleo Mac deal, you talked about that. They they give up the farm. Not necessarily the farm, but they give up quite a bit to get Khalil Mack. I think if you've got your quarterback on lockdown, that's when you make that trade. They don't have that on lockdown, and they're trading to get Khalil Mack to try to suffice or you know fix this void that Trubisky just wasn't ever going to fill, and they couldn't quite admit that they wished on the Trubisky pick, and now they're stuck with Andy Dalton. No disrespect to Dalton. He'll be a 9-7 and seven kind of guy. I'm saying it right now. Eleven and five. We're gonna win the North, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. We're, we're gonna, we're, Aaron over Aaron Rodgers' dead body, big dog, and Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, you guys got to worry about DC right there, and and the Lions. They're gonna be biting. 
Speaking of speaking of football, you know, growing up, man, we we had a a ball uh, growing up uh, playing in the lot, as we like to call it. Like everyone has, everyone has quote unquote a lot. Ours was literally a lot. I mean, we let the, these neighbors four houses down. They their kids were all grown up. Yeah, phenomenal people, and their kids were all grown up. I mean. They didn't, they just, it was weird. We went and knocked one day and they're like, yeah, we love seeing you guys play. And dude, it was just that time growing up. And uh, I always took Jackie kid first round. I had to, you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. I always Jackie put, kid. I always put you, Luke and Ryan on the same team because I'm the biggest one on the block. So I'm like, okay, I'm at least two, two of you guys's and, um, then Jackie kid, of course, you know, I can't take Ryan. I have to take Jackie kid. And because yeah. J- Jackie was, was and way more athletic than Ryan. I mean, and we, when we spanked that ass is what we would Oh, do. come on. Not unless I wanted to win and I'd go to the booth review in the, in the, in the, uh, um, in the, in the <laughs> fucking, uh, pine trees. We had so everyone to paint the picture. If ever I was losing and I, and I didn't like something since I was the oldest majority, I always said what goes and my brother absolutely hated it. And I remember Becky called me out one time. He's like, this is, he's like, this is crap, man. He's like, you, you can't, there's no such thing as a review in lot football. So I would, a call, we'd be down and we'd be driving and we always either played till everyone was done and fed up or we got called for supper or we would say first one to, I think it was seven or eight touchdowns, but normally we usually just played till dark and, um, yeah. There's, I vividly remember it one time. We, it was getting ready to go dark, and I heard Pops whistle at a supper, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, we're about to score. I'm not going in with about to score. I think you, it was either you or Luke. Someone picked the ball off. I threw an interception because I always played quarterback. And um, you guys, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but it was close near the bushes where, where, where out of bounds was and you hit the bushes and I go out of bounds. No good. Re- redo. And you're like, bull crap. I'm like, Nope, let's go over to the review box. And I go to the bushes and act like my head's underneath the helmet. And I go overturn our ball. And everyone was so salty. I remember Becky, Becky was so mad at that dude. And ever since that day, it's still a running joke. Oh, you go into the review box. You go, well, I told y'all I'm competitive. I'm not losing. I don't want to lose. So it was just, I actually got in touch with Jackie Kid the other day. He had a birthday. And yeah, he's he's not, he's not so little anymore. Dude, he's bigger than oh, big fuck. <laughs> I think so. So when we called Jackie Jackie Kid, he was he was five six years younger than us. So keep in mind, if we're twelve, the dude's six or seven, one of the two, and he would play with twelve year olds. His dad was old school. His dad wanted him him to be tough, so he would play with us all the time. Small kid. I mean, I'm talking. I mean, you got to think at six seven years old he was probably four foot maybe 75 oh i don't even know like but he yeah he was 70, a lot smaller than so four, yeah maybe four foot 75 80 pounds now the dude's 25 years old he's six five and he's dude he's a monster and he's good dude caught up with him the other day i'm gonna try to get him on the podcast and see if we can uh get it going with him but yeah dude just growing up you know making those memories do you ever kind of wish sometimes that you were a kid again are, are no. I mean, I, I, I just, of course I would love to I go. Think. I would love to go piss off. Was it miss, miss Myrtle or miss Murray? The old girl who had the perfect lawn. Uh, Murray. Yeah. Yeah. 
perfect mm-hmm. lawn. And the, the, the rule of thumb was it was kind of like Sandlot. You know in the scene when you're not allowed to go into that guy's backyard because of Hercules? Like if you stepped on this girl's lawn, she would be on a heartbeat. She was like 95. She didn't care. She was going to get her walker and yell at you. And she would watch. Whenever we were out playing, she would watch out the window until we went home to see if we would step on her grass. And everyone was so scared of her. I mean, yeah, but she was a bitch though because, like, sometimes if we were playing uh, football or even baseball, uh, if the ball would go in her yard, it's just like, well, I mean, it traveled pretty far distance, and it's not like because I'm hitting moonshots every time I was up to bat. I was hitting (laughs) moonshots. Not, not if I was hitting them with the curve. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, he's got a sick curveball. And uh, good times. I mean, just the the kids growing up. And I want to get a podcast, and we don't got to talk too much about it, or we can. But I want to get a podcast with with everyone from the Osborne Block, the main people. You know, me, you, my brother, Jackie, kid, Ryan, Becky, uh, the Watts. If we can get everyone on a podcast sometime, I mean, it's going to be a little hard to coordinate. But you know, get a little, just talk about growing up because we were. We were the Sandlot before the Sandlot. I mean, if you think about it, every you know, Sandlot came out in whatever it was. But I mean, we we were. I mean, every day, and you don't see that these days with kids. I mean, and it's really really sad. I mean, now you live in a nice neighborhood with your two little boys. I mean, how do you feel about when when Car? I mean, do you let Carter go outside by himself? Obviously, Cohen's a little too young still to probably go out by himself. But do you do you let him go in the back and and kind of play around and watch him from far? Or you or Steph always out there with him? Um, I, I I always am with them, and I think Stephanie is too. I mean, I can't be here all the time, but um, it's not basically it's not like it's not like it was when we grew up. I mean, so just to give everyone a just kind of a rundown, I lived me and me and Jackie Kid and his brother Ryan. We lived next door to each other, so I'd go knock on his door. We'd go over to my cousin Matt's, which he you lived right down half a block away. The Watts's lived a half block away. Um, Becky lived uh, two blocks away. And then the Wilsons lived by the golf club, which was probably, I don't know, a quarter mile. So we were all super close. I mean, you're talking like maybe 200 200 yards from anyone's doorstep, maybe even 100. It was, we were that close to everybody. And we, we, when we got off school, we all met up and we played. We were either playing basketball, we were playing baseball, we were playing football. And these days it just doesn't happen with kids. And it's, it's, it's sad. And I mean, you know, with, with you having kids, does that scare you that they're not allowed to go out and just be a kid and they have to be watched? I mean, I get it. Your kids are obviously really young, but even when they do become 10, 11, 12, they're not going to be able to go outside and do what we did. You're not going to be able to whistle at them because how weird the world is. It's a bummer. Um, yeah, we just had some neighbors move, and they had kids that were pretty close to our kids in age. And, yeah, it's definitely something to think about because, I mean, like you said, it's you're, you're definitely not going to find a neighborhood that has that many kids in that proximity that could hang out. And, you know, and it kind of goes back to just the way times are, like, kind of now, but in, in the sense that, like, moms did stay home more because it was more – like we, we could just hang out like all the time. Like our parents were just always home. So it was nice to just be able to like literally dress, ride your bike 30 seconds and you were at someone's house. And, you know, like you see the pictures on social media with all the bikes at one yard or at the baseball diamonds or whatever. That, that was, was that was us. That was, that was yeah. literally, a, if you, if, if, 
I don't know who was the ringleader, whether it was me or you or Becky or, or we were always doing something. Capture the flag in whose ever house we could. I could say, hey, pops, we're going on to the Beckmans. We're playing capture the flag till dark. OK, fine. Whatever. Yeah. Or we're going over to Matt's. We're going to go do WWE or whatever the plan was. And every kid was at everyone's house or doing something. If, if there yeah. was 12 people in the neighborhood, which was kind of cool because no one was really besides Jackie kid who was younger than us by five years. Everyone was within like I'm 30 now. You guys are 20. You're gonna be 29. Obviously, Luke's 29. Ryan's 27. Uh, Jake Edwards is 27. Um, Sam Edwards is 28. The Wilsons obviously are 30, uh, 27. I mean, we were the Wattses are 30, uh, 29. Becky's uh, turning 30 this year. So everyone was literally like a year or two apart. So it was cool. Like we had that many and. Well, I, I haven't told anyone about the legend yet, Bill Penrod, but we'll get to that another time, another place. But, <laughs> you know, it was just cool. Like like you said, you don't see wow. the, it sucks for your kids that, uh, woo, sorry, I had to do that. This yeah. randomly came okay, out. Thanks. And uh, yeah, there you go. And so you just don't see that anymore. Like when there was 12 of us playing, 12 bikes were at one, one person house or we we're at the ball field. And like you said, it sucks because those kids that moved away, now your kids are kind of like, uh, what do we, what do we do? I mean, and, and you know, it's just, it's, I feel yeah. bad. I feel bad for kids these days. They don't get to experience <laughs> like what it was like. And even our, our dads before us, I mean, shit, fuck 10, they were probably driving vehicles around having fun. Who knows what they yeah. were doing at their age. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's definitely something that we'll just have to adjust and hopefully make the best of whatever situation, you know, who knows what it's going to be like in 10, 15 years. I mean, they're, they're still pretty young, but. It's, it's it's different time, man. It's a different time. Now, growing up, what has and there's there's a thousand stories. Like, I mean, we could, like we stated earlier, talking about the teachers that we we had growing up. We could go. This is a whole nother podcast. But give me if you could remember, and it might not be your best one because I didn't really give you a chance to think about it. I'm putting you on the spot right now. What is one of your favorite childhood stories growing up? Whether it was with me or my brother or Becky or the Wilsons or all of us together. I mean, there's so many, I mean, my favorite one, my, my favorite, and this, this happened every time we played and, and there's way more and there's probably a better one that I'm not thinking of, but it always had to have been when little Jackie kid was playing and he'd get mad. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm going home. I'm telling dad, man. And it was always, you knew, he was telling dad, he was going home to tell dad. I don't know why he would tell dad. And it was just, it was just one of the, I mean, when you're six, seven years old and you're playing with 12, 13 year olds, you know, we kind of beat up on you a little bit. Ryan, I'm telling dad, man, I'm done. Oh man. Oh, favorite child. That's, a, that's putting me on the spot. There's, there's definitely quite a few that pop up in my memory, like right away. I'll tell you one of my, I think one of the funniest was, when we found the porn magazines in the woods right behind the ball diamond. <laughs> and then we there were, was that. We were probably like eight, maybe. Oh, and we just kept, everyone's like, uh, why, why are you guys hanging out in those woods? And, <laughs> and even because, you know, we played baseball up there too. So when the baseball games would be going on and, you know, my dad's sitting there talking with the other coaches, BSing and watching the other teams play. Like it's like, dad, chill. You're we're eight years old. You don't need to scout the other opponent for who we're playing next week. You know what I mean? But yeah, we're going there and yeah. we would always hang out in the woods. And I was like, dude, why are you guys going in those woods? Ah, we got fucking pornos back there, man. Pornos. But that ruined oh, it. Remember that? Remember that possum that was in there with those magazines though? Ooh, yeah, that was, 
That was a deal. That was weird. It was it, everyone's like, "Hey guys, go get those magazines. Get those magazines." Someone reached in and heard a hiss. And I'm like, "What in these Sam Hell is that fucking possum, dude? In there, fucking guarding those pornos? Like, come on." Yeah, man. that was that was rough. Eventually, we got them out. We got a page each, you know. Who do them. you think put those there? I have a very, very good idea who put those there, and he lived on the corner and he had a pool at his house. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to say it because that's who you're talking about. Yeah, I, I mean I, that is that is I, that that's who I think it is. Um, but okay, I'm roll, I'll, I'll roll with that. I I don't know. You might have other opinions, but I mean, there's just so many stories growing up, and it like I said, I'm getting back to it. It just sucks. Kids can't be kids these days, and you know, I don't know where we're headed. I don't know what our our kids, if I have kids, but where your kids are going to be in the future, who knows what holds, but it's just, it's, it sucks that you can't run around with a BB gun around town, dude, and shoot squirrels off a power line or black. I mean, shit, I used to do that all the time in, in the city, shoot squirrels, shoot bunny rabbits, shoot blackbirds off things. I mean, there was contests sometimes me and Luke would get home and we'd just get our BB guns. Hey, I bet I can shoot 10 before you can. We had no idea that it was obviously illegal, but you do that now, shit, you might get in serious trouble for that. The cops will pull up on you with some guns drawn or something. Yeah, it's like you're a little kid, like, smoking a cig or something. They think you're a grown man. Because <laughs> you have that beard at 10 years old, like big hair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's just, it's it was fun times growing up, man. And sometimes I wanted to ask you that question if you ever – getting back to the original question if you ever wish sometimes you could go back and just i wouldn't say be a kid again or a teenager again but just kind of go back for a day and just not even be but if you could go back in time and look at your 10 year old self or 15 year old self and just watch the way you acted and you played and you did and you're just like man that was a lot of fun i mean i think about that a lot sometimes i'm like man you know, where would I be if I, if I would have done this or if I would have done that, or if I would have stuck to this and it's just, it's wild. Do you ever think about that? Oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure most people do in some sense, but I try to, I mean, I, I, I definitely appreciate my past and I have a lot of good memories and I, I will use some of those good memories to, you know, kind of a positive mindset, but I try, I try to be a present kind of person. And then I, you know, looking forward at what I can do to keep all the good stuff going. Cause I try to, I try to focus on good stuff. And I mean, I'm not saying you're dwelling, but I, you know, I, I don't try to sit back too much and get comfortable with where I came from kind of thing. Like, right. I like I don't know. I'm I'm more of just a peasant person. But yeah, and, and no, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely like to look back though. I mean, yeah, and you, and you you kind of have been out of all the Riley boys uh, growing up. You kind of always were the, you know, I, I don't know. I, Mature has to be the right word, even though you were. But it's not. It's not. It, no. Yeah. It's it, it's 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 not. But it is because if you put me and Luke next to you, then you're like, oh god, dude, Matt's way more mature. You know what I mean? But it's just you 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 were more. You thought more outside of the box as to me and Luke. We were one one track minded. You know what I mean? Hey, this is that, and you're kind of like, oh, let's try this. Uh, this is not. You know what I mean? So, and it's just 
life hits you and now, you know, uh, we don't get to see each other as much and I don't get to come home. So having you on the podcast, man, it was awesome. And now um, you got a beautiful family. Uh, you got two boys. Like I said, you got a beautiful wife. Everything's going good for you. You got a good, good job. Um, what's some other awesome, yeah. you know, life updates that's been going on? I mean, obviously you're still working out, you're keeping healthy. I mean, you got any new trends that you've picked up new hobbies? Like you, you said earlier, you're getting into woodworking at the beginning of the podcast show. I mean, you getting into anything yeah. else that's kind of keeping your mind on track? Uh, definitely. Yeah. Like you said, with the woodworking, I've, I bought quite a bit of tools here so I could at least pretend like I know what I'm doing, but um that the kids keep me pretty busy but um right now working on my basement redoing that that's kind of been the biggest ordeal um what's what's and other than that what's the um what's the coolest thing about being a dad i mean i'm not a dad so i don't really know i mean what's is it is it everything you hoped for and more I mean, obviously, oh, 100%. I mean, everyone I talk to, I mean, I got a lot of friends. They always say, you know, Riley, the only thing that's probably going to slow you down is, is having a kid. And you can take that how you want to perceive it. And that might be the truth. Um, I, I feel like I'm doing a better job in trying to slow down now. But, you know, everyone's like, man, having a kid's the best thing that happened to me or it's better than I thought it would be. Or, you know, why didn't I do it sooner? Or, you know what I mean? Like, what is what is being a father like? I mean, Give us a little insight for anybody that doesn't know what it's like out there. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I love it. And I mean, you come home and you look, I mean, like to me, I come home, I love my dog. I love doing what I do, but you come home and you get to come home to a family. You come home to your boys probably jumping on you. Dad, let's go this, this, and that. Let's do that. And growing up, that's always what you wanted as, you know, you know, how, how things go, you get married, you have kids and that's how everything goes. I mean, um, you know, explain that a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. They definitely, <laughs> my youngest isn't quite big enough to say too much. He's, he's just kind of learning how to talk right now. He's one, but, uh, my oldest, yeah, he definitely, as soon as I walk in the door, it's, Hey dad, let's go play hoops or let's hoops has been the big thing right now. So we've been, We've been getting up tons of shots in the in the night. I, I I got a pretty good jump shot. So, and and we we never really play each other one on one, but we we just kind of shoot. But I I kind of box some of the shots, you know, keep it respectable. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you can't let him win every time. He's got to try and and that's what's cool too. I mean, obviously you're you're pretty fit, so I mean that's. You know, I'm not saying anything, but a lot of these people can't do things with their kids because they're, you know, they're out of shape or they're not, they're not fit. And you can kind of enjoy that with your kid of, of being able to do all the things. And only time will tell, but I'm excited to watch that kid grow up because seeing what I'm seeing out of him at his age, it's pretty special what he's got going on with how coordinated he is, how strong he is, like just how he i mean and, and every kid loves life but when you're at that age you shouldn't be doing the things that he can do if that makes sense you know what i mean um so yeah. who knows who, who knows what he's gonna grow up to do in life but um what's what's the fate what's your favorite thing that your kids do and what's the one thing that kind of drives you nuts about what your kids do <laughs> 
the one that's easy. The one thing that drives me nuts is when they piss their mom off and then she gets all pissed off. And then that, oh, if then she's she taking it out on you, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and here, come get these yahoos, you know. So that's the easy one. Um, my favorite thing that they do. It is it is pretty awesome when you come home from work, no matter how good, bad, or whatever your day was, and getting a hug is, is pretty awesome. Um, that would definitely be, if if not the winner, definitely honorable mention. Um, but I, I'd say one of my favorite things too, though, is just being able to teach them stuff from a level of. I never want to force my opinions or thoughts onto them. I want them to be informed and let them make decisions based on information and not feelings of, you know, disappointing or, or making me happy kind of thing. And I'd, I'd say that's probably, you know, the best just because, you know, we we're, you're talking earlier about how it's sad for kids that they won't have the same, you know, experience for us or like we did. And I think that's one way to at least do your part in combating that with, you know, really trying to make them the best person that they can be and live a good life and hopefully spread that kind of wealth of knowledge, I guess, if you want to call it that, to other people. And that's kind of, so I would say that would probably be my favorite, favorite thing. Absolutely. But Just being getting a hug of... after a bad day. That, that helps too. Kind of, Absolutely, man. Just kind of being open-minded and kind of letting your kids kind of create their own path type of, of deal. Yeah, de definitely. Because, I mean, that was how it was for me growing up. And I I hope to pass. Or I don't hope. I mean, I'm going to. That's how I try to raise my kids. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all a perspective, you know, some, some of these parents, you know, they just beat, beat and beat and beat and things into their kids' heads and they just don't let them be a kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you gotta have a little goof off time and you, you gotta like the, sometimes people say like, well, I'm with my kids all the time, but it's like, well, what kind of quality time are you spending with them? Like, right. You know, kid, like kids complain, or uh, I should say adults complain about kids, you know, being on iPads or iPhones or whatever too much. And it's just like, well, who's in charge? Because ultimately kids will just do whatever you kind of allow them. Cause they really don't know any better. Right. And they're, and so, they're ultimately, they're ultimately, I don't know if you were this way kind of growing up because obviously, you know, we're related and we were super close, but I never really saw from the inside at home how Uncle Chad was with you. But I, I know growing up, whatever my dad did, I wanted to do. And it didn't matter if he, if he was going on the river, I'm going on the river. If he's out in the shop building something, I'm building something. I always wanted to do what he did. And like you said, kids will kind of follow along. So if you just let them sit there oh, yeah. on their iPads or whatever, <laughs> like you said, who's really in control? No, that's, not how right. that, that's not how that works. That iPad, you can maybe have it if I want you to wind down and maybe go to sleep. I understand that. But if, if I'm fortunate enough to have kids and the wife says, hey, go, go do something with them, whether daughter or son, whatever. I mean, we're going to go do something. He's going to learn how to fish. He's going to learn how to hunt. He's going he's gonna to learn all these things that a man should know or what I think a man should know. And if he don't like it, that's fine. But I'm going to teach him basic things, you know, to where he can kind of, and like you said, he's going to fall around because he wants to be around dad. That's how just, it's just natural yeah. for the son to gravitate towards the dad. You know what I mean? 
And mm-hmm. so I 100% agree with you. These kids these days, you know, parents use that as a as a method. Of, oh, you, me and my son hung out for five hours yesterday. Okay, yeah, you did. You're right. But you watched the ball game and got drunk, and he sat there on his iPad and played fucking Monopoly. You didn't do nothing with your kids. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's. Oh, I'm always gonna have the old school mentality. You know what I mean? I always tell everybody. I was born 50 years too late. I should have been born in the 50s and not the 90s. Who knows? But, you know, you just, these kids. Big daddy in the 50s. (laughs) Make me supper, woman. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Terrible. Might get canceled after that one. Probably. Probably. Who knows? Who cares? No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, that's a good point you bring up. Just, you know, teach them if, if you don't teach them they ain't gonna know anything you know you have to have some type of mentor and your mentor doesn't always have to be your dad your grandpa it doesn't even have to be a relative you know you have yeah. you have mentors for a reason luckily i can i can honestly say i've learned some things from people but almost everything i've learned whether it was sports whether it was hunting whether it was fishing um whether it was building things I've, you know, I've learned from my dad, you know, cause he was always been that type of guy. So I've, I can say that's probably been my mentor, you know, now like coach, coach Dean, you know, when I was in high school, he kind of like, Hey man, you got an opportunity to be really good. If you focus this, this and that, you're going to go somewhere, you know? And he was kind of a mentor all through high school. And I can still to this day kind of call him and talk about things, which is kind of cool that we still have a connection, you know what I mean? After all these years. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's just, if, if, if your kid learns the right ways and they ain't always on that digital thing, they're going to be so much better off, but, and and I'm not so much opposed to to digital. It's just, you got to have structure with the digital. Like, what are they doing? Like watching YouTube is is not constructive. I would say, and you're saying even if maybe, yes, if you're, (laughs) maybe if you're doing like a math problem or a word problem, doing something to better yourself, is that kind of where you're getting at with that? Yeah, like if you're learning like code or I mean like the future is AI and I don't think not to get into like conspiracy or, or any weird stuff like that. But, you know, the future is technology, AI, like that's just kind of an I don't think anybody right would I don't think anybody would dispute with you on that. Yeah. And so it's like, well, how do you, you know, how, how do you get ahead of that, I guess, in terms of getting your kids put in the best position that you think succeed so it's like again it just kind of goes back to just being in control of not like their every move but you know a, a little bit of structure to like if they are going to watch the ipad okay it's, it's with your kind of blessing kind of thing versus just like doing whatever and that's just a, an example you know like it, kids will do pretty much what you allow them to do i agree 100 percent and um, you know, with that being said, man, it, it was it was a great having you on, man. I love catching up with you. It sucks I can't always be home um, and hanging out, okay. but, but when I do come home and we do, and the boys do get together and we do get to hang out, we always usually have fun together. And and I, lo- I love the relationship that we still have. You know, you got an awesome family. You're always hitting me up, seeing what I'm up to, always thinking of me, and I appreciate you. And I had to get the boy on. The boy had some topics he wanted hey, to talk about. Likewise. And, and you, you let know, me know when you need me back. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're going to, you're going to come on anytime you want to come on. You're more than welcome to come on. And dude, I just really appreciate you. And, um, man, tell you, tell your wife, I said, hi. And, um, dude, have a, have a Cahill hot, fantastic Friday tomorrow, man. You do the same. Go kill it. Go get some. All right. See you, buddy. Later. Later. That was my cousin, Matthew David, man. That guy's, that guy's like a brother to me. I mean, super close growing up. I had to get him on. He's been wanting to come on. And, um, you know, we just had a good little talk. You know, it's there's just so many different things we talked about. And um, just gr- from us growing up to the burger reviews to the cool stadium thing that he has going on with his uh, dad, um, you know, it, it's there's just nothing better in life than family. And we continue to... Um, just keep in touch with everyone out there. Keep in touch with your family out there, boys and girls. I mean, if you ever need to talk to anybody, that's the people you go to. That's always going to have your backs. And um, I'm, I'm grateful that I have an awesome relationship with my cousin. And I look forward to having him on again. So with that being said, everybody, you know around here we do what, 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 whammo? We do one thing, and that is we stay unguided